Welcome to the Dad Bod Pod. I'm your host, Jamie Schleicher. On behalf of my co-host, Matt McNichol, who is absent yet again, we have one of our favorite guests, my nemesis, the best nemesis, the Rev Seth. Seth, how's it going, man? Oh, Jamie, it's a gift to be here uh, for many reasons. Personal, fantasy, dare I say professional. Thank you for having me on the pod on this blockbuster week of Nemesis trading. Well, yeah, let's not bury the lead. Uh, (laughs) Blockbuster trade today. And I would say surprising for multiple reasons. Mm. One of them being the parties involved, which, you know, in the spirit of not burying the lead, it was us. (laughs) We did the trade. It was a big one. And I would say that in general, our league is a little, a little gun shy when it comes to trades. I think Stephen Luck has articulated the position the best of not wanting to trade away a player and then seeing him do well. That sense of overvaluing your own players a little bit makes trades difficult. So yeah. I would say it is a league that is reticent to trade, and we uh, we had some big names involved. The biggest name, your boy Saquon, mm. your beloved Saquon, <laughs> That's, the, these the are one, cute. the yeah. one giant worth having this year, is uh, <laughs> is no longer on the team. Three very important reasons to discuss this: the parties involved, the players involved, and the league itself. If I can kind of retcon that. The reticence of the league, there's definitely truth to that. We are not trade heavy, or uh, we definitely play the wire. And I wonder before we get into even the juicier bits, you mentioning that has me wondering why. Is it because we're such a competitive league that the gamesmanship forecasts out? What was interesting for me, so one thing I thought about is have we played? already like meaning i don't want to play the players i gave you and then feel crap about it one or two weeks down so you and i have already played i don't know if you remember but i won by about 65 points no it's not not ringing, not ringing a bell all right no. then what's interesting of course is as a 10 person lead now in a 14 game season everyone's gonna play almost half the league twice in the regular season so that's a new development so we will get a comeuppance competition uh, for you um, with hopefully the playoffs on the line. But yeah, is it, is it just because we're so competitive? Is it for me, historically trades are the ultimate. What if, you know, there's always that gambling superstitious element to this, which is, I think where the Steven thing becomes germane, which is, you, you know, better the, what's the phrase, the horse you know, than the horse you don't or something. Meaning like I'm holding on to this guy now. The last thing I want to do is see him go do better without me. Like it's a, it's a false sense of control. Steven kind of does away with all of that by holding on and controlling everyone he has and continuing to win. And we're definitely going to get to him when we talk about the auction draft and the current standings later. But what's your take on, the reticence to trade, not to say that like it needs to, go, maybe it's because we all prepare, we're competitive. And so we're like, we got what we like. We know what we like. I'm going to put most of it on McNichol. I think he just <laughs> sends so many bad trade proposals that, you know, people just assume every trade offer that comes through is not worth taking. So right. I'm putting this one squarely on Matty Ice. Dare I say insulting. Um that's it. That's that's definitely the reason. Um, <laughs> and you don't need to necessarily trade. There's an interesting uh, tension this year, too, in a shallower league. The waiver is ostensibly better, uh, juicier. And at the same time, that also means your starters have to be more thoroughbred like more studs than scubas and you and i um to get to point number two 
the parties involved, or maybe was it the players involved, traded some serious studs. And I mean, no collusion. You, I came out of the draft also to put a pin in the future draft conversation on this pod. I came out of the draft surprised by my own team, much RB heavier than wide receiver. Didn't get the players I thought I would. And you got about, what, six wide receiver ones? Yeah. <clears throat> so Which you, was we, also we not a plan. <laughs> oh, no. Well, let's save that for later. But you, um, you needed running back help. I needed wide receiver help after my two starters pulled hammies a little bit, but I needed wide receiver help anyway. You got my WR1. Um, so we needed we needed the help, which is a good pivot to the players involved. I do probably need to change my team name, though Osaquan you see is a pretty awesome team name, if I do say so my damn self. Which, if I ever get the ability to rename my own team, is in play for myself now. Especially when we play each other again. Oh, Saquon, you did see. Um, it was tough. I, it, I I found myself, you know, because I've reached out to you privately, except when we played each other for some starting tips, because I came into this season a little less prepared than previous reasons for, for than previous seasons for reasons the league knows and. I found myself with three giants this past week. I I was not following intuition. You know this well. Like you gave me good advice a couple times. And then I just and it followed my own intuition. And then I got weirdly superstitious and started the wrong people. Dare I say I'd be three and oh, I guess is kind of if I had listened to you, I would have beaten Robert week one. We won't say like what the advice was because that's all under the bridge now. And then I should have started Madison this past week. Probably not Shepard. I don't know. Too much of a homer. The way this is a positive for me is even if Saquon blows up, I can't be too mad. He is my favorite. I love him. I know you do too as a Penn State man. And um, uh, Lehigh Valley man. Oh, that's it. Yeah. You went to high school in that's the area right. too. That's right. You guys played football together in high school. I forgot. Um, and I just... It, it, it's sort of what did it for me. I hope the Giants turn it around this year. Every time he blows up, I won't be too wistful, especially if Diggs and Moore bolster my own lineup. But are you feeling good about the blockbuster? Yeah. As, as you alluded to, coming out of the draft, I had an insane amount of wide receivers. I knew some combination of those wide receivers would turn into a running back eventually. Um, was not hoping to be 0 and 3 when I pulled the trigger on that trade. That that uh that was unfortunate and I'm I was in the same position where if I make some better start sit choices this week um you know I pull off the W. Mm-hmm. It's tough to look at your bench and and see the winning number of points there. Um right. so part of my my impetus for this trade aside from you know, needing to turn some of that wide receiver capital into a stud running back mm-hmm. was to uh, take some start sit decisions out of my hands and just roll out the best players that I have every week and hopefully deal a little bit less with seeing huge numbers on my bench and more of that in my starting lineup. Mm. But I feel like we should just one time at least cover the players involved in the trade. So. On your side, you sent hamstring injury man AJ Brown and Saquon Barkley to me for DJ Moore, Stefan Diggs, and Sony Michelle. That's right. So AJ Brown's week to week, it's not like one of these multi level grade. Well, it seems like CMC's hamstring, um, sorry, Sean, is more serious. I haven't looked at the numbers. Sean wisely already has his handcuff on his bench. Um, t- Titans have been a surprising disappointment, but he's going to turn it around. I think the Giants are, my concern for Barkley, who's your problem now, is that with 
Slayton and Shepard battling tweaks, people might stack that box unless Evan Engram and whoever the Kenny Galladay, I mean, should be a WR1, um, but he's had his hip thing and also been a little disgruntled is what I read. Um, yeah, he got into a shouting match with Jason Garrett at the end of the, the game oh, last week. I did not hear this. What happened? Oh, yeah. yeah. Just, you know, yelling on the sideline. I don't I don't think it was actually that big of a deal. He's like, but... throw, call some plays for me kind of thing? Exactly. Hmm. New York media. It's going to be a story. I don't think it was that big of a deal, though. There's an interesting thing to kind of slice. I, I don't know. I think I think we're going to be good. If if Saquon alone stays healthy, he should be in that 25 to 30 point range week in and week out. There might be some O-line issues. Stefan Diggs has had a disappointing start. Um, here's Here's an interesting thing that I did not look at. And this might be a segue to talking about the auction draft. But I spent, Saquon was my first pick. And I went um, 65 bucks for him. Um, Yep. And Stefan Diggs was your third. You got for 46. And... Oh gosh, you got DJ Moore for six. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. <laughs> and you probably got Sony Michelle for a buck if you even got him during the draft. I don't know what I got. Oh, AJ Brown thirty-two. So that's ninety-seven right there for. Oh God, am I going to feel bad about this now? Uh, ninety-seven to what did I say you got? Forty-six plus fifty-two. <laughs> How should I feel about that as a first-time auction drafter? So I I think that illustrates why I unexpectedly ended up going with this zero RB draft build hmm. is I felt like I could get more value down the road than I would be able to build my team in the draft. Oh, and interesting. That, like meaning you could get lower priced overall wide receivers that then people were going to definitely need, like me, um, who some, dropped like 110 on my first two picks. It, exactly. Like somebody's going to need uh, a wide receiver at some point. And, you know, I, I got guys that, you know, are probably going to finish somewhere in the top five to ten. And I don't know which of those guys will necessarily, but one of them is. So, um, you know, just, just felt like I had more options coming out of the draft and that was not the plan, but that's, that's just kind of the way it fell. And part of that was the emotional bidding on CD. I did not think everybody was going to drop out at the point that they did. Um, So I just kind of ended up with him and then, you know, the guys that I was bidding on after that point with Diggs, Ridley, DJ Moore, you know, I just got them at lower prices than I think think they should have gone for. Um, So it's like, well, all right. I know one or two of these guys is going to turn into a running back at some point in time. And that strategy works a lot better if I'm sitting at two and one right now when I make this trade (laughs) instead of Oh, and three. That was Um, my next question. (laughs) At what point? I mean, you've had a lot of points on your bench, but you've also had these guys putting up numbers. Yeah, what what did Owen three also play into <laughs> that motivation? So, you know, sitting sitting at Owen two last week, I'm like, okay, I don't have to make the move. I can wait another week. You know, hopefully make a trade more from a position of strength, or you know, another team has some wide receiver injuries, and now they're looking out like, oh man, I need some wide receivers. Like I'm willing to make this trade now. Um, So I think coming out of the draft, it just wasn't super realistic, like week one, week two to really pull off this type of a trade for stud running back. Like people come out of the draft happy and excited about their team. Um, So, you know, week, week three, week four, week five was more the target area to, to make some type of a trade. And, you know, ideally, you know, would have won at least one 
maybe two of these games and I'm just dealing a little bit more from a position of strength. But 0-3, it's like, okay, I really need to start reaching out to people and I, I need to make some type of move happen because, you know, these intriguing RB2 type running backs on my roster, like Sony Michelle, Tyson Williams, they could still hit. It could happen. It's just I don't have the luxury of waiting at this point in time because I started off 0-3. Yeah, that's how I felt. I feel like I've so bench populated with a couple of high profile handcuffs and potential league winners, but I as one and two uh blaming myself more than anything. That was tough. You're right though, there was I think Matt offered me a deal for Aaron Jones like on draft night. And interestingly enough, I think what sort of primed the pump for me was he offered me one, but before I could really sit down and look at it for usual, it had been canceled. <laughs> but it was actually pretty intriguing. It was a good one. I don't actually even remember who he offered. And I'm trying to remember our chatter started because mainly because I know like we both like Saquon for our different reasons. Um, and there was an article on how the Giants, not that he's not good or not going to score a lot of points, but that they weren't fully utilizing his like kind of ethereal, magical running back qualities. And you were just like, what do you want for him? and i was like does does this mean he's on the block no it was just sort of like as a giants fan i thought it was a good article and i was just like oh he's good i because i was definitely going to keep riding him but then you had asked that and i looked at your team and i actually did have almost the exact same thought like if i was open to it I, i was like man i need to shake something up maybe um there was something else I was going to say about all that. Oh, auction draft. Oh, your tip, though, about stacking early. I think part of the reason you going for CD, did you nominate CD Lamb? Probably. Maybe. I don't remember. Or did I just mess with you? But you're right. Like I think part of the fact that like he went much earlier, I'm looking at the, the dr- draft results. He was the 20th pick. That's only the end of the second round, and I'm going to remember your tips for next year that, like, some of these top folks, because a lot of people are like, okay, i got to get my thoroughbreds early, and so they're kind of holding on to these bigger chunks of money, but don't want to get rid of those mid-level chunks of money, like 30 and 20 and everything, and so you can just, like, slide in and get these things. Um, I will say, are we segueing to talking about the draft now? Let's talk about the draft. I will you say any final trade thoughts. The two people I accidentally got was kicking myself most. Oh, final trade thoughts. I I hope it was a good one for me that leads me to winning the championship of our league. <laughs> um and I hope I see you in the final. Same. Um, I do want to make one point about the only other trade that has happened in the season so far. Matt McNichol sent a Packer, Aaron Rodgers, to Zach for Brandon Cooks. So the two trades that have been made so far have been Homer trades sending out their their favorite sons. Is there a storyline there? I don't know. Interesting. And Brandon Cooks is a Houston Texan now who now with Tyrod Taylor on the bench or on the shelf IR, I wonder how Zach's feeling. Wait, Zach got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Oh, he won that trade by a mile. Um, <laughs> uh, but once again, yeah. Matt, Matt came out of the draft, you know, That's same great. type of thing. Like he, he That's just a good bid plan. on, no, on, you're on right. a couple of quarterbacks and he was like, I, you can't carry three quarterbacks on your roster. You know, it's questionable if you if you want two quarterbacks on your roster in a ten team league. Yeah. So you knew one of those quarterbacks was going to turn into something else at some point in time. And I almost made a silly move. I was I was starting to get hyped up. This is the other weird way that superstition works. That like Justin, you know, when you start reading about potential league winners well before they've proven themselves, and I was willing to like drop. Oh, I don't know, someone who scored like Christian Kirk. Uh, Sunday morning, uh, who ended up getting like 15 points and Arizona's amazing offense for uh, Fields, uh, the Bears quarterback. And obviously, I'm glad I didn't. Um, but like that's sometimes the way, you know, I'm I'm a 
terrible gambler. Um, but I'm glad I learned my lesson there. Speaking of that, I remember being bummed. I was like the second person down to like one buck per player during the draft. And I put, I don't even know. I ended up with Hawkinson for 13. I think I was just trying to bid people up. I was not prioritizing tight ends uh, in my pre-draft mocks. And I got Stafford for nine. And aside from Hawk shitting the bed this past week, the those two have been my most reliable. They've been great. I mean, the, the hype was real on Stafford, and I wanted him. I was just bummed. I think Travis got me up to nine on that. Um, but he wasn't like – he was one of three I might have gone for. How – you've done plenty of auction drafts. What have been your thoughts in terms of how it's all playing out, recognizing that we kind of need to, like, make Steven his own topic in here because now even without an app, he's just giving the whole league the middle finger when he like showed up like five minutes before. And it's like, uh, how do the buttons work is essentially what I remember him asking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Steven three, and oh, in first place, nobody's surprised. Um, no, second most points. Yeah. He's coming just, by it. Honestly, this is what we expected. Um, shout out to Travis for keeping league dues where they are. And, uh, you know, we're not, we're not buying Steven like a gold plated Roomba or I don't know exactly <laughs> how, how fancy Roombas get, but he's, uh, he's going to have to stay at, you know, a pretty standard level of Roomba with his winnings this year. Um, but yeah, I, I think the fun thing about auction drafts is, you know, there's there's an equal opportunity for every player. So, you know, as money comes off the board, you kind of know who who good players are, and you need to spend money on someone. And especially in a ten team league, like you're you're going to end up with pretty good players on your team. Right. It's it's like you were saying, you really need some studs because everybody's going to be putting out a, a decent lineup out there. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a ton of fun just anecdotally hearing from um, a couple of other people who haven't done auction drafts before. I think everybody really enjoyed the format and thought it thought it was engaging. Even if you do have to be on for the entire thing, you don't really get those breaks. Uh-huh. What was it? What was it like for you uh, not being in the room? Because me, Matt, Drew. And Sean all got together in Charlottesville, um, but curious what the experience was like for people just participating via Zoom. It was it was a lot of fun. I mean, draft night. I think for those of us, which is the entire league, who have a lot of fun and take this all very seriously, is one of the high points of the year. I mean, week in and week out is just a good steady flow, and everyone remains invested, but. It's one of those things. I think it's kind of like Christmas because you know you can't repeat it, and then it is also fun. I think one thought I've had is that I I could be wrong about this, but I feel like auction draft only really works well if a league is kind of co-equally taking it seriously and prepared. Like it's the kind of thing where if someone did come in like being like Joe Montana, what team is he on now? You know, like, and yeah, this is fun. Um, like you wouldn't want someone totally, tell me if I'm wrong on this, but like, I feel like you wouldn't want someone totally green auction drafting because then they're going to just not know. I mean, I remember my first ever snake draft where I've mentioned plenty, like I drafted two kickers. I, you know, I didn't, I was just starting to follow the NFL again. I was like, I didn't know um, Aaron Rodgers was the only one I knew and I picked him with my first pick. This was like a decade ago. Obviously it's different, uh, but it was a lot of fun. I had my setup, even though I wasn't in my house house, I had my, someone brought me in and out burgers. And um, even though I had to do it on my little iPad, I had the zoom set up there and it felt like I was kind of, I did it. So it felt like I was in a room and just the chatter and the laughter. I was surprised by how fast it went. Um, but maybe that's just how serious we were taking it. And, you know, there's that kind of, uh, 
confirmation bias during the draft. I was like, why didn't, what, who do I get to a wide receiver? Several players I thought I'd get, I didn't. I was kind of banging on getting Julio Jones and Cooper Cup and Cooper I ran Cup out of money. Great pickup. No, exactly. I wanted the stack. I, that was a strategy. And that's where I was, I was kicking myself during the draft for the Hawk, Hawkinson and uh, Stafford price because I think Cup was well still available and it just became a thing where like I think I only had a few bucks left and Bins got him for like a couple bucks more. Um, oh God, yeah, I'd be stacking like Stafford throws him like five touchdowns a game right now, it seems like. But then afterwards, I felt great. Uh, and it was fun. I, I, uh, it's a rush. Um, and it was weird. Maybe it's the 10 team league thing or just the way I bid, but like, I was like, man, Aaron Jones and Saquon, boom, boom. Like just kind of surreal to see that. And just for personal reasons that everyone knows it was very cathartic, uh, just to have that, uh, I still feel really good about my team. I, I think I would have even the season's still young. Um, even if we hadn't traded, I would be, I would be feeling all right now because I could see what went wrong in my losses and they didn't seem to be a quality thing. It was just a matter of wrong guys on the bench, fluke injuries. Um, I think, I think the season's pretty wide open. I mean, I know Drew is also 0-3, but as I pointed out earlier today in Grutney, he has the fifth or sixth most points scored. He's got a strong team, and he actually plays Steven this week. This could be a big upset. Oh, yeah. Wide wide open season. Um, I was pretty impressed aside from me going zero RB, I don't think there were like too many noticeable mistakes in the auction draft. I thought, I thought everybody went in and, and did pretty well and came out with really solid teams. Yeah. Um, are we surprised at how, how did, how did CMC get up to 84 bucks on pick number one? I mean, he's just good. The, I mean, that's, that is true. I, I didn't see that at any mocks. The other most priciest were Saquon, Kamara at 65. So that was like Henry at 62. Oh, Dalvin Cook at 68. Devontae at 61. So no one else was even in the 70s. And then that's all the 60s. Um, Zeke, 54. Jones, 55, Kelsey, 53. So I've put up a lot. I think next year. Yeah, what would be a, what would be considered a mistake? Why? Explain this to me. Why did Marvin Jones go at number 17 for six bucks to Drew? Where did that come from? Is that Was he chasing his own plan there after getting Dalvin Cook? I was like, I know. I need Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. Passes from... Trevor Lawrence this year as as if Trevor Lawrence wasn't only throwing to the other team right now. <laughs> I mean, Marvin's done pretty well to to start the season. But like how did that did Drew nominate him there? Like what what happened? I, you gotta, you gotta dig around to yeah. put him up at seventeen. Gotta gotta go back and and look at, at what's been thrown up there. Um but I'm not calling it a mistake. If you get him for six bucks, great. I'm just curious. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I might have even nominated him there because I think you know if there's not like a specific stud player in that range, sometimes in that, you know, what would typically be yeah. round two, three, four of a snake draft, I'll like to throw, you know, like a wide receiver thirty-five out there, just to see, you know, will someone spend a little bit too much money? Oh, where like, kind kind of like you were saying with Stafford and Hawkinson of you know. You know, if you spend nine, 13 bucks on the wrong guy at a certain point in the draft, you just, yeah. you're kicking yourself at the end that you don't have $2 instead of one yeah. that you can bid on a player. So that's right. Cause I wanted Stafford. I knew that. And I, def- I don't think I nominated him. And uh, all right. That's another good tip for next year. Uh, you're right. Cause Jones is like fourth, 
wide receiver off the board. And then, oh, but Drew had already gotten Dalvin and Alvin. And so was yeah, and for, looking for just yeah, a little thing. For six bucks, like that that's about what he should have gone for anyways. But you know, if someone mm-hmm. someone gets excited and they're just in the momentum of bidding in the moment, if he gets up to eight, yeah. nine, ten, eleven, twelve, all of a sudden now you're getting to a point where, you know, people will probably regret that later in the draft when DJ Moore goes for seven bucks. Sure. Sure. Well, Matt got four players in a row there in the mid rounds. Zach Woods, Lockett, Rogers, boom, 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 boom. Well, interesting. Yeah, just scanning this. I mean, people knew. Oh no, I was wrong. Cup went for like uh, ten bucks. Yeah. I was just hoping, I think, I think at that point I was just waiting, hoping certain players would fall in the $1 range. What are you going to do? Um, Marlon Mack requesting a trade near the very end there. All right. Uh, yeah, so I guess I don't have other, I mean, You've got all the fascinating tidbits on draft stuff that I'll definitely take into account for next year. Uh, but we're now we're in it. Steven is unsurprisingly, I mean, maybe last year he didn't he finally landed in the bottom six. Um, but he's three and oh. Ben's is hot on the heels, having only succumbed to Zach's miracle. Comeback. Yeah, the huge ang- huge comeback. Ang- angry Rogers and one other player just I mean that was like what a hundred seventy to hundred sixty point game. I mean, in what other universe does like hundred fifty five points lose you a fantasy match? Um so I think our power rankings are pretty accurate. Steven, Zach, and Ben's seem to be the ones to beat, but we've got eleven games left. A lot of time. And I'm running back now, so anything can happen. <laughs> Having a running back is key. Um, what a... Are there any players any in our league that you're not fearful of? Ooh, I love it. <laughs> um, I've been pretty internally focused just because I did have a gaping hole on my team, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I don't know if there's anybody that I'm not scared of. Sean's team is a lot less scary if he doesn't have CMC. Yeah, I don't know anything about Chuba. Um, or what the prospects are there. Um, Sean and Robert, speaking of nemeses, um, Robert got back to his winning ways on Sean, of course, he also beat me like a jerk. Um, but Robert appears neither on the points for or points against list. So he and Sean as two and one teams still have, I think, a good bit to prove. Like, they snuck through, I guess is what I'm saying. Drew has some of the most points in the league, is 0-3. So, and, and he has the most points against against him in the league. So I think he's one to fear. And Matt McNichol also appears on neither list (laughs) uh, right now. Not that he's busy getting married or anything. Um, I I think, I don't know what what the issue would be there. Uh, Those are three I'm calling out as, as needing to strike more fear in the hearts of everybody else. Uh, even though I did lose to Robert, (laughs) not afraid to face him again. (laughs) I've talked to Matt a lot about this. Um, I think he got a bunch of like, okay, running backs, but I think he would have been better off if he had gotten one stud running back. And who knows, maybe that was a little bit of projection on my part of liking my team a lot more if I'd come out with at least one stud running back, but right. 
you know, I like Chris Carson, Miles Sanders, James Robinson, Miles Gaskin. All those guys seem about the same to me. Yeah. Yeah. Miles Sanders only ran it twice last night. Um, oh, and then I also forgot about Commissioner Emeritus. Um, I mean, he did just say kind of middle of the pack. It feels about right. Just trying to fly under our radar. Um, that's the that's the fun part of 10-team leagues. Everybody's relatively strong. And right. with a few key injuries here and there, some waiver wire pickups, another yeah. blockbuster trade from some parties out there. You know, things things are going to shake up and it's going to look different at the end of the year and it's going to be a fun ride. Right. I think that's right. Parity is paramount, but it's like a positive parity. Like there could be some big swings. You you and Drew got to get some wins going just yeah, standings we, wise. We got to win some. But like I do think anyone could be beat any week because it's just about yeah paying attention to it, not putting the wrong guys on your bench like some of us. Um, but yeah, like between week one and two, I went from ninth to fourth place, uh, just with one win. And obviously it's going to be interesting. What else do we have to discuss? Uh, I mean, I would like to say you're welcome to our loyal listeners for just getting you that much closer to football this weekend. That's really what we're doing here. Um, I know we had three pods before the draft and then you know, have have made it to week three of the NFL season without dropping another one. So that's right. There, you deserve a lot of thanks here, Seth, for uh, getting this on the books and give giving the people what they want. That's right. Even if you listen to it at like three times the speed or whatever Robert does, you're that much closer. The game day. Um, my goodness, Robert. As someone who has historically maybe paid less attention, has thirty-seven dollars left in his fab. No one else is below. Oh, Trav is at fifty-five, but then everyone else is seventy-five and up. I can't knock him. I keep saying I'm not afraid of him. The man's got a winning record. It's working for him. Um, well, beloved listeners, two in Charlottesville. I within a month will be there for a month. As many of y'all know, a major case I am a part of is headed to federal court at long last after legal delays and COVID delays. So my hometown is calling. And while it'll be really intense, the bonus of the time is the family and community and sense of safety and goodness I have with folks there. And so for key listeners, including the host today, I hope, uh, I hope some football watching and deck hangouts and stuff can happen. I'm certainly going to need it as more of an outlet than usual. And what a better time than, I arrive uh, mid later October, so and then we'll stay almost until Thanksgiving. So what? That's the that to me is like kind of the best time of year, both for fantasy and football, because so much is still in play. Um, playoffs are great fun, regardless. Certainly, if your own team makes it, but um, to all you listening, save one for me. Yeah, we need to make that happen. Absolutely. As a lot of people in the league know, I've kind of been in this uh, homeless, jobless phase. <laughs> so, yes. uh, you know, in, in an exciting way. Um, and the possibilities that have opened up there started a new job today, actually, which um, has been fun and exciting and, you know, hoping to figure out where exactly in the country I want to go now that I have a fully remote job. Oh, wow. Um, so it, it's just going to be, it's open-endedly remote. It's Yeah, it's digital nomad life can go anywhere. The world is my oyster. So oh, I've got a guest room in Tucson. If you want to taste the fruits out here, we're entering the three quarters of the year where it's just magical here. I I think they have pretty cheap flights from Denver. So we, yeah, and I know you got family there. There are um, actually one of my best buds in the world. 
um, when I moved into this home, got, I, I, I had had a couple fellow pastors lined up to help me move in. And then I don't know, one got sick and wanted something to come up with his kid. And this buddy came down from Denver for like 40 hours and, and helped me knock it out. And it, it was just, boom, it was possible to happen, I don't know, in Southwest or something. But, and you and I had talked back before my life exploded in all sorts of directions. But now that I am fully more settled, like maybe not, not go, go into a Cardinals game, maybe because they're an exciting team to watch. It was eminently affordable like a year ago or two years, whenever we were talking about that, now that they're a hotter yeah, that, ticket, maybe it's a hotter ticket. before the pandemic. Oh, right. Yeah. I actually but. forget that. I don't do, I don't do those. I don't even go, I don't go to the movie theater or anything. Um, who, who knows what any of these tickets cost anymore? I haven't left the house in exactly. two years. They're probably, yeah, I, I should, I kind of went outside my mind there for a second. I don't do anything socially. Um, I am vaccinated. I just got a negative test. Um, but I keep it careful. Uh, uh, so to all loyal listeners, come, come watch football with me at my house. Um, I sanitize. I'm excited for you and your new gig and possibilities. Today was your first day at work. Today was, was day number one. And I found out that there's a four day mandated paid vacation starting next week. So, um, you know, I, I can't see a better way to start your work week and new job than getting told you have four days off starting next week. I'm jealous. That's a strong work culture, taking care of its people. Um, how would you say league culture is? I would say strong. Yeah. Feels good. I mean, we've, we've had four pods before week four. Four pods and a special meeting. Actually, what that special meeting led to the, a micro pod. Yeah. So I would say that special meeting went well. Michael Benz jumped in the, the group me this week. Yeah. We're gonna, is he a podcast listener? I don't know if he's a podcast listener, but um, he's con- contractually obligated to uh, come on the pod twice this season. So he will be. Oh, yeah. Why was that again? That that was just a stipulation. Oh, of joining to, uh, the to joining the league. How and... well? So he clearly has grouped me, and he saw it when Zach tagged him, even though he'd been tagged before. What's the equivalent of tagging him on here to like get our hooks in? I mean, the man has a strong team. I don't know him, though. I guess I was in the league back early on when he was. I only knew a couple guys then. Yeah, he was What's in the league the, my first yeah. season. What's the equivalent of hashtagging him here so he feels like he needs to defend his honor? Yeah, I I think what we do is uh, we drop a word like shibboleth, and then <laughs> if uh, if he posts that in the group me then he gets a, a five-point head start against you in your next matchup. I'm pretty Ooh. sure that there's precedent for that. That's right. Didn't, didn't they do that? I'm looking at his team, seeing if I can say anything about it. Um, he's got two IR players. Dang, he's pretty strong. A tight end. He's got Kelsey and Mark Andrews. He's even got the only Indianapolis Colt worth rostering, Michael Pittman. I mean, he... Only question mark is Melvin Gordon in the flex. Um, I'm not sure why that's the case. I'd be putting Mark Andrews in there, but the week is young. He's got a pretty, pretty scary team. Yeah. He's done this before. Holy cow. He's even just got an extra defense for shits and giggles. Um, yeah, what can I say about him? Man is a platinum level player. Um, he's also a very serious fantasy basketball player, but we'll probably so, cover that so on one of so his he, two pods. So he's the one. <laughs> Zing. Uh, oh, you're playing him this week. How do you feel about your chances? Why don't you throw down some trash talk? Yeah, I think I'm a five-point dog right now somewhere. It says 10. No. Uh, he must That's... have had an upgrade. Did he take Melvin Gordon out of the flex? What happened here? No, Gordon's in the flex. Um, Cooper Cup is projected for a lot. That's a high receiver tracking. Um, Travis okay. Kelsey, 19 well, points. I mean, 
Maybe I'm a 10-point dog. Chicago's defense. But, I mean, I got to get rid of Baltimore's defense. I'm going to make some moves, too. So I'll get up to a five-point dog at, at some point. If nothing else, he should come on and explain why his team is called Louisiana Purchase. Does he live in Louisiana now? No, I think that was that was like a theme of the league at, at one point in time. Like a long time ago? Yeah. Like check I'm your like, balls days. I don't I don't fully remember, but Oh, interesting. Well, it's not cool anymore, Bins. That's yeah. that's old. That's it's, that's old. That's the twenty tens. Bring it up. <laughs> clearly clearly struggling to find something here. Uh, I'll just I'll rename him this week. That'll be fine. Oh, you heard it here first. I'll get like eighty-five. I'll have like one thirty-five. Boom! I'll change that name for you, Seth. Wow, that's a that's almost that's almost like wishing injuries on his team because yeah, no, he someone's would... gonna pop an Achilles to get that point total. I mean, I don't want that. No ACLs. We're we're just talking hammies, you know. Some soft muscle tissue issues. Yeah. Just uh, some tweaked hammies, maybe some cramps. Yeah. Do you wish those things on Ben's himself? No. Cramps? Know. Maybe some mild uh, Michael, we're just excited to get to know you. Uh, consider this the lamest trash talk book <laughs> ever. It's not... Wasn't our best segment. Yeah, edit this out, Zach. Um, And uh, give us a couple pods. Michael, do trash talk everyone beneath you, which is pretty much everyone except for Stephen Luck, who's just goading us all with his steaming pile of poop um, and reminding us that his whole team was a crapshoot. I'd like to see that game steven versus bins along those lines and i gotta get going here they finally they did it this year uh sunday night game this week is pats and bucks yes did you see the adele commercial no what oh my gosh (laughs) wait specifically adele made a commercial for this game uh nbc made a commercial of pats versus bucks with an Adele song over top, and it is incredible. Zach, throw that in here at the end. We'll uh, we'll tell people to go fall in a well, and then you hit them with Adele. Oh yeah, is that we're we're allowed to do that? Um, probably not, but I mean, this isn't monetized. Yeah, think of like, the what, listenership what we would get if we got sued to drop that. Yeah, you people would be all about this content. You, Sean. Cody, we've got a bunch of legal experts from either education oh, yeah. or experience right. to uh to help us navigate that. Strong Cody shout out. Strong. Oh, um miss that guy. I wish I also miss the data corners, uh just because there's so many ways you can slice this. But yeah, Pat's Bucks is gonna be fascinating and fun to watch, mainly because here's I mean, my prediction, it's not even that bold of a one, is that Tom Brady's going to throw like eight touchdowns on them um, and and just walk off the field when he's done. He's not going to shake anybody's hand. I, I, I just I have to think there's some kind of just knowing what I've read about him and heard about him. I know like he and Belichick were all whatever, but for some reason, I feel like there's got to be some hard feelings there. Oh, and yeah. He's definitely wanting to prove it. And, you know. I'm sure they have a good "quote unquote" professional relationship now, but as long as Brady is playing the game, he's got a chip on his shoulder against Belichick, and and he is just going to, yeah, throw eight touchdowns. And uh, Tampa Bay's defense is pretty good. I think they're gonna just sit on Mac Jones's face. What's your prediction? Yeah, I like that you said. Not that bold of a prediction, and then you dropped eight touchdowns. Like, yeah, not that bold. <laughs> it's, we all know. I think, it's I think he wants to, though. He's gonna be like, like, and he's like, if they're up fifty-six to four, I don't know why two safeties, fifty-six to three. Brady's like not gonna want to get taken out. He's just gonna be like, put me in. Like, I'm gonna just, yeah. 
Yeah, and the four fake, of them are going to the be fake the nail to the deep shot yeah. at the end zone. That's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, I get big Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones vibes from Tom Brady and oh, Bill yeah. Belichick. You know, they they collaborated. They won these Super Bowls. They have that connection, but they're not going to talk to each other for 20 years. And then whenever yeah. Belichick goes to the Hall of Fame or Brady goes to the Hall of Fame, maybe they'll they'll finally reconcile and right 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 there right, but... you you could have had this other these other two or three trophies bill and then like just flips into double birds like eli eli uh, did. does he still have a job i i don't know that was so funny i need to get youtube tv again just so i can watch that yeah um, i was on a flight from denver to philadelphia watching the the regular espn broadcast on the plane with a bunch of just completely devastated eagles fans so one of the best experiences (laughs) i've had watching a football game in a long time that's awesome but regrettably did miss the eli double bird until today when i i got to watch a clip of the segment but all right that's hilarious well consider this your valuable time killer everybody i have to go and in a month half the league can touch my hair if you've washed your hands and are vaccinated yeah and i'll i'll be back down in charlottesville for for at least part of that stint so Uh, i'll be there hopefully we can rally a little bit of a crowd yeah it'd be good to see you really good i miss you all i'm grateful we're doing this thing um It'll be an intense month for many reasons for many of us. And uh, it'd be good to hold each other in the light while screaming at a television screen for arbitrary statistics. Magical stuff. <laughs> Listen uh, slash watch that NBC Adele commercial and make trades. Go fall in well. Yeah.